And welcome to the Employment Hour. Lior is here to answer all your questions for the complete hour of the show. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. The number outside of show hours is one 821 5900 So we will start with the week that was. A fresh one, I see. A fresh one. A mm-hmm. fresh uh, week. And, you know, we're getting close to the holidays, but the phone still keeps on ringing in my office. Uh, uh, unfortunately for many individuals, it is what it is. But we're here to talk about employment law and workplace rights. Uh, if you're working, if you have questions about your work situation, maybe you lost your job you know, right before the holidays, you give me a call. We can talk about it. I can tell you what you're owed. I can help you out in any any way. But uh, to start off with the week that was, I always like to, to mention a couple of scenarios that I dealt with in the previous week just to give people an idea of, of uh, you know what, what's happening out there. The first situation I'll talk about uh, involved a lady who was recently let go from a very big uh, big accounting company. What happened there is she was in a car accident uh, a while ago, over a year ago. And over this uh, last year, she was she tried to come back on a number of occasions. Uh, and the employer was accommodating her, was letting her work less hours and, and uh, work from home occasionally. Uh, and things were going fine as far as she was concerned. Uh, she was working these modified hours up until two weeks ago. At that point, the employer says, well, now we cannot accommodate you anymore. Now we're going to say it's frustration of contract because you can't go back to working the way you were. And as a result of that, we're going to pay you your minimum severance and off you go. Now, frustration of contract, as hopefully our listeners know by now, is a situation where the employee is absent for very long, usually a couple of years or more, and there's no prospect of them uh, coming back uh, to work anytime soon. Well, in this case, it wasn't frustration of contract because the company actually was accommodating this person. She was at work regularly over the last year. The company simply decided it didn't want to accommodate her anymore and didn't want to have to uh, provide those modified hours and to terminate. Not only is that not a frustration of contract, it's a wrongful dismissal, but potentially, and just as importantly, John, it's a human rights violation because this company decided, no, we're not going to accommodate her anymore. We've accommodated enough. And because we can't accommodate or we don't want to, that's a, that's a frustration. Well, it's not frustration of contract. It's a human rights violation. So I'm going to be working with this lady over the next little while to make sure she gets her full entitlements, which for her, by the way, John, could be as much as two years mm-hmm. pay. She's been there for a long time. Uh, and you know, certainly a company that should have known better. Uh, let's say that. Uh, the second situation uh, I'll tell you about involved a gentleman that uh, had worked for a company uh, and was let go strictly for business reasons. In fact, he, he got a, a letter from a company saying, we're letting you go for business reasons, nothing to do with you. Well, apparently what happened, uh, th- this gentleman decided uh, you know, to take the opportunity once he was terminated to tell his boss what he really thought of him. Uh, so he used some uh, very colorful language uh, <laughs> that you know, we wouldn't otherwise repeat on the radio. And, uh, you know, so it it was one of those situations where probably he acted unprofessionally. Uh, And he was, not surprisingly, when the termination happened, offered inadequate severance. Well, I then get involved and I say, hey, company, what gives? You offered him six weeks pay. He's owed 12 months pay. The company responds and says, well, Mr. Samfiru, even though when we let him go, we were really letting him go for business reasons. Because of his bad conduct, because of what happens once we let him go, he, he used profane language to his boss. Exactly. We now say we had cause to let him go, so we don't think we have to pay him anything. Well, guess what, John? That's some of the biggest nonsense I've ever heard. Why is it nonsense? Because once he is let go, once he's told, employee, you're gone, he's not an employee. 
So once that happens and he starts talking off to his former boss, that's it. It's already gone. It's gone. He's not committing a workplace offense, right? He, I mean, maybe you can sue him for defamation. I don't know if he's defaming you in public. But you can't say that conduct that happened after you let him go amounts to just cause. So that's absolute nonsense. That's simply an excuse the company came up with when they were essentially caught with their pants down saying, oh, crap, we got to pay this guy a lot more severance now. Let's try to come up with some sort of an excuse to avoid having to pay that. That doesn't work. That's absolute nonsense. Remember, conduct that happens after you are let go cannot be used against you to impact your severance entitlements. So, uh, yeah, this uh, this is not going to be a long fight. We're going to get this guy's full severance. Give us a quick briefing before we take our first break on severance pay calculator. Yes. Uh, so, you know, these, these two folks that we've spoken about today and anyone else that lost your job, the first place you have to go to when you leave that termination meeting, when you leave the meeting, when you find out that you're let go, is you have to go to severancepaycalculator.com. So it's a website that I created. It's free. It's available to anyone. Anyone can use it. And it tells you, now that you've lost your job, how much am I owed? How much compensation do they have to pay pay me? Is it a week? Is it a month? Is it two years pay? That's how you find out. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. You input the length of your employment, your age, and the type of job, and it's going to tell you right there. And if you're holding that severance letter in hand, you can compare that with what the severance calculator says. Uh, and if you see that there's a discrepancy, you know there's a problem. You can contact me if you want, but you have to use it. Severancepaycalculator.com. Even if you just want to know, you're not even holding a severance letter, right? You're just curious. I wonder, you know, what if, yeah, if well, it ever came down? I, right? I, I, I assure you that many people use it every single day just because they wanted to know or they want to know. Everyone's curious about that. It's a good tool. Uh, and then again, free completely, very, very easy to use. It takes about 20 seconds. SeverancePayCalculator.com. And you can also, after that, uh, click on the button. It'll uh, it'll send it off to you. You can contact you. And it's also good for employers as well. Yeah, and if you're an employer and you want to know how much am I going to owe this person right. that I just let go, you can use that. Employers use that all the time. Uh, and if you want to discuss that with me to find out how to best meet your legal obligations, you give me a call. Or you contact me directly from the Severance Pay Calculator. Lots more calling on here. We'll, in fact, we'll get into the most common questions Lior gets that don't really need to be asked, but we'll throw them at him anyway after we take a short break. The number is one 821 5900 Lior at We'll get to some emails as well on the Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML 1-855-821-5900. You can call that number anytime to get a hold of Lior. Email him as well, Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get some emails a little later on in the show. First, I'm going to start asking you some of these questions. I know you and I have been through this a million times, but there's always fresh listeners, new ears out there. The most common questions Lior gets that don't really need to be asked. We'll start with this one. I was let go. Even though I did nothing wrong, can my employer do that? Yeah, and you know what, what I'm going to cover here is the a very, very, very common questions that I get. I get these questions, John, every day, usually many times a day, mm-hmm. and you know it, it's almost frustrating uh, to me when I get them because people are not necessarily asking the right questions. They care for for legitimate reasons. I'm not criticizing anyone uh, about things that may not be relevant. And the most common question by far that I get in my practice that any employment lawyer gets is is this, as you just said, I was just let go. I did nothing wrong. I've been a great employee. And can they do that? Uh, and people are very upset and very emotional. Understandably, if you've did, if you've done nothing wrong, you just show him, uh, show up to work one day to do your job, and all of a sudden the the rug is being pulled out, uh, out from under you. Yeah, you obviously are going to think that's wrong. 
But here's the the unfortunate uh, news, I guess, and here's why this question, as I said, doesn't need to be asked, simply because the law is such that an employer can let you go at any time and pretty much for any reason as long as they pay you severance. Mm -hmm. So you may have done nothing wrong. You may have had no warnings. There has been no performance issues. You've never had a suggestion that anything ba- you're doing anything bad, and your employer can still let you go immediately without prior advance notice as long as they pay you proper severance. The exception to that, of course, is an employer cannot let you go for discriminatory reasons. So an employer cannot let you go because of your race or ethnicity or sexual orientation or, or disability. But they can let you go because they decide that they like someone else better, uh, because they simply think that uh, the, the, the cologne that you wear doesn't suit them. As crazy as it is, as they can do it. As crazy as it is, as long as they pay proper severance. Where the problems arise is that most employers don't pay or don't offer proper severance. That's what makes it a wrongful dismissal. So that's the next question. Someone's going to come in after that and say, okay, fine, I was let go, but someone more junior, the guy you know, two spots behind me, he was kept on. Is that a wrongful dismissal? Absolutely. That's another common question. Someone else was kept on more junior or uh, a similar question is uh, the boss let me go because he wanted to hire his best buddy. Right. Uh, so, And people are going to feel wrong by that. So we go back to what I said previously. An employer is allowed to let you go for any reason as long as severance is paid. Now, if you believe you were let go because you're, uh, of, uh, you know, you're, you're East Indian and everyone uh, at the workplace is white and you think that's why you're let go, that, that is illegal. That is a human rights violation and completely inappropriate. But if you're let go because the employer wants to save money and they think they can pay someone junior less money to do your job, Mm -hmm. that's unfair. Maybe it's even unethical. But from a legal standpoint, the employer can do that. So that's, again, one of those questions that doesn't really need to be asked. one 855 821 So um, how about this? I come up to you and I say I was let go, uh, even though I did nothing wrong. Okay, I swallowed the pill. I'm going to take it. But can I get EI? Yeah, and uh, oftentimes people contact me concerned about EI and and understandably if you lost your job you've been paying into EI all these years you want to make sure you mm-hmm. get it and and that's maybe your only income while you're looking for another job so being concerned about EI is legitimate why am i saying that this is a question that doesn't really need to be asked i'm saying that because usually EI is not a problem it's not an issue it's not difficult to qualify for EI you will qualify for EI uh, your your concern should not be that you apply you can do that online you, you, you'll uh, get approved, you'll get your checks, and, and, and life moves on. Uh, so that's never really something an employee usually have to, has to fight for. What they may have to fight for or pursue is their severance. So the right question is, I was let go because I did nothing wrong. Is my severance right. fair? That's the question. EI really usually takes care of itself. And again, it goes back to the severance pay calculator, right, if you're not making that phone call ahead of time, right? Yeah. You don't want to call. You don't want to speak to me. At least, please, go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out how much you're owed. If it boils down to it that I was wrongfully dismissed, can I take my former employer to court? Yeah. And, you know, the reason why I say that that's not a question that needs to be uh, to be asked is because you don't have to go to court. Court is almost a, a, a dirty word. What I mean by that is... These cases, employment law cases, wrongful dismissal cases, almost never make it to court. One or 2% of them maybe do. Why? Because they're straightforward. You don't need to do that. Usually we can resolve the matter with your employer many times amicably and very quickly. So the question should not be, can I take them to court? The, can't, the, the question should be, do I have additional entitlements? 
If you do, we can pursue those. We can get you what you're owed. Going to court is not something you're going to need to do uh, in, in 98, 99% of the cases. Uh, and, and, you know, certainly- It's expensive too. I mean, it, they don't want to do it, right? No, you, you don't. And a, but a lot of people don't get legal advice because they think, well, if I if to pursue this, I have to take someone to court and right. that, that takes a lot of time, costs a lot of money, et cetera. Well, no, not in employment law cases, certainly. In other situations, perhaps. Not in employment law cases. Going to court almost never happens, not because we don't want to necessarily, because we don't need to. Mm -hmm. We can resolve it on good terms very quickly without being within 100 feet of a courtroom. Talking about the most common questions Lior gets uh, that don't really need to be asked, I'll give you one more before we break, and that is, how do I find out if my employer has a payroll of more than $2.5 million and do I need to know? Yeah, and, and <laughs> that's that's the key. <laughs> a lot of employees contact me and saying, well, you know, I was let go, and I, I think I, I only get severance if my employer has a payroll of more than $2.5 million. Uh, how do I know if they do? Well, the reality is that's not a question that needs to be asked because the size of the employer's payroll, the size of the company, doesn't matter. The size of the company may be relevant with respect to your minimum severance entitlements. It's completely irrelevant with respect to your full entitlement. So you don't need to ask that question because we don't care. We actually do not care if you work for a company with one employee or a thousand employees because your severance is going to be the same. It's based on the length of your employment, your age, and the type of job that you have. So we don't care about the size of the employer's payroll. We don't need to investigate that in most cases. So again, a question that does not really need to be asked. Take a quick pause. i got a couple more of these to uh, throw across your bow for you to answer, and that is the questions most commonly asked that don't really need to be asked. Lior will answer those after a short break. I'll also get to an email is uh, immediately following this uh, this short commercial break. one 821 5900 is Lior's direct number. And Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com, right here on AM640 and AM900 CHML. The Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML, 1-855-821-5900. That is number you can call any time to get hold of Lior, or you can email him, Lior at employmenthour.com. So we'll get to the last couple of questions here under the banner of the most common questions Lior gets that don't really need to be asked. Can I get my job back if I have been wrongfully dismissed? Yeah, and, you know, another fairly common question. Do you of, want your job back? <laughs> yeah, well, but a lot of people, you know, they, 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 they've had jobs for a long time. They feel they did nothing wrong. They feel that maybe if someone had to lose their job, it should have been someone else. And really all they want to do is go back to work, get their income, be able to support their family. They don't want to be out there looking for, for new work. And, and the reason why this question, you know, doesn't need to be asked, although it, it's normal that it is asked, is, the, is that the short answer is you cannot get your job back. There's no legal mechanism to require the company to give anyone their job back, okay? Now, if the company decides somehow, okay, and you want to go back, perhaps. I've had that happen maybe two or three times in the last 13, 14 years. But there's no legal mechanism to get your job back, even if you did nothing wrong, mm-hmm. even if the company did not have legitimate grounds to let you go. Remember, they can let you go. It's a question of compensation. It's a question of severance. So unfortunately, you are not going to get your job back. But what you may get is enough severance to cover that period of time that you're going to be unemployed and give you time to find another job. That kind of segues into the uh, the last question, which is if I go after my employer to get severance, is this going to hurt me in getting another job? Yeah. And again, very question. In fact, I was asked that by, by a client just this, mo- uh, this morning. Uh, and here's the, the, uh, the answer to that, John. 
the an- the short answer is no. And and you know you you got to understand that if we go quote unquote after your employer, it's not because we're greedy. It's not because uh, we uh, you know we we want more than we're owed. It's because all we want is what we are owed. All we want is to get what the law says we should have. So and and the way I pursue this, it's uh, it's in a very amicable way. I, I don't go there like a bull in a china shop if I don't need to be making crazy threats. I want to resolve this quickly, professionally, and amicably. Plus, it's also in your employer, your former employer's best interest for you to find another job immediately. Because if you were to able to find a job today, uh, then you, the, your former employer may actually be able to pay you less severance. So it's in their interest for you to find another job. So no, your former employer is not going to interfere with you finding another job. You're not going to hurt your, your job prospects. So because of that, the, the short answer is no. You don't need to worry about that. It's not a question that needs to be asked. You will not be hurt in looking for another job if you're pursuing your full legal entitlements from your former employer. one 821 5900 is Lior's number, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. I mentioned we'll get to an email. Stan, you're up. It says, uh, I was let go recently and paid one week of severance for every year worked. My employer says that this is all they owe me because this is what my employment agreement says. I don't have a copy. What do I do? Yeah, and you know, very, very good question because uh, at the end of the day, uh, he may be owed a lot more. Stan may be owed a lot more than a week's pay per year of service. On the other hand, if he did in fact sign an employment agreement that limits his entitlements, potentially that is all he gets. Let me start off by saying that a lot of times when there are these agreements, employment agreements in play, that try to limit a person's severance, in many cases they're not enforceable. They're not drafted in, a, in the way they need to be mm-hmm. to be enforceable. But beyond that, uh, obviously we would want to know what he signed. So it's very simple in Stan's case. Ask your employer for a copy. They should have no problem giving you a copy. All you have to say is, listen, I I realize I don't have a copy in my records. Can you send me a copy? They'll send it to you. I've never had a situation where the employer says, we will not give you a copy of your employment agreement. There'd be no reason for that. Mm -hmm. So ask uh, the employer for a copy. And Stan, once you have that, contact me. I want to read the agreement myself to see if it does limit you. If it does not, I'll be able to help you get a lot more than a week's pay for every year of service. What's better to have, a contract with 30, 35 pages or a contract with one? And, you know, many people get very nervous if they get a job offer and it's not a very detailed agreement. It's just a short paragraph and they think there's got to be more to it, right? Well, you're far, far better off signing a very, very brief agreement uh, or even no agreement rather than signing a 35-page document with a lot of legalese. The reason for that is I can promise you in that 35-page document, there's going to be a lot of terms, a ton of terms that are going to be unfavorable to the employee. There's a reason why it's 35 pages, Hmm. because it tries to protect the employer as much as possible. So it takes away some of the rights and entitlements that the employee may have and either eliminates them or turns it around that gives it back to the employer. So that's a very bad uh, situation to have. You don't want that. Be much more comfortable with a very, very brief employment agreement. Oh, and by the way, if you are offered that long employment agreement uh, and there's a lot of legalese, give me a call. Yeah. Let me take a look at it and let you know what it actually means in plain English. That number is one 821 5900 We're going to switch over to everything employers and employees ever wanted to know about termination for cause, a term most people don't know even what it means. So what is termination for cause? Yeah, and, and one of the two types of termination is a termination for cause, the other one being without cause. 
Uh, a termination for cause really is a situation where an employee is guilty of such significant misconduct that the employer has no choice but to let them go. That is a situation where the employer can let the employee go without compensation, without severance. But it can only happen if the employee is guilty of significant misconduct, usually if that misconduct is repeated, and usually where the employer has done everything it could do to rectify that mm. misconduct, to fix the problem. So it's not a trivial situation. It's not a situation where you've done something wrong. You would have had to do something pretty darn awful and potentially have done it many times before the employer can say, well, enough is enough. Now we can let you go for cause, not have to pay you any severance. The, the opposite, of course, is a termination without cause where the employer says, doesn't matter what you did, what you didn't do, we're going to let you go and just pay you severance and be done. Proper severance. That you can do that. Yeah. yeah, proper severance. But to not pay severance, the employee has to be guilty of the worst uh, conduct, like the death penalty. It's reserved for the worst offenders. Taking a quick break. You want to send us an email? We'll get to more later on in the show, and we'll continue uh, talking about everything employers and employees ever wanted to know about termination for cause after we uh, we take a quick break. one 821 5900 or Lior at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one 821 5900 and employmenthour.com. We'll get back to our discussion about everything employers and employees ever wanted to know about termination for cause. How difficult, how difficult is it to establish cause? Well, remember, John, how I, I said uh, right before the break that uh, an employee has to be guilty of significant misconduct uh, before the employer can terminate them for cause. It is extremely difficult for an employer to establish that. Ultimately, what the employer has to show when it tries to terminate someone for cause, it has to show that whatever the employee did made it impossible to continue employing them. This is a very high standard. It's a very high threshold. Again, it's not enough to show that the employee did something wrong or even a few things wrong. Whatever it is that the employee is accused of, not only, not only does the employer have to prove that it happened, but they have to prove that there is really no other option. We couldn't have warned him, suspended him. We had one option, one option only, to let them go for cause. Very, very high standard. And again, I, I used this term before the break, but it's, it bears repeating. Think of the, the death penalty. Well, you know, if to get the death penalty, you have to be the worst offender. You, you have to commit a, a terrible crime. Uh, and if you commit that terrible crime, maybe then the punishment would have to fit that crime. You may have committed some crimes, but may not be uh, deserving of the death penalty. The same thing with the termination for cause. You may have done something wrong. Maybe you should have been warned, maybe even suspended. But the question is, should you have been terminated for cause? And in my experience, John, most employers pull the trigger, try to terminate for cause way before they should. So how do they show it? How do they prove it? Well, uh, how they should prove it is by having a written record or a written documentation with respect to the conduct that the employee uh, was engaged into. They have to prove what the employee did, but they also want to show what they've done in the past. They want to show that there was disciplinary history, that we've tried to warn this person before, he just doesn't get it. We even suspended him, he doesn't get it. He still did what he did. Uh, so the employer has to build up its case. It, it's not an easy thing. You don't just wake up one day and say, I've had enough with this employee today, I'm letting him go. You would have had to do your homework, build up a case, provide warnings, provide opportunities for improvement, maybe then you can terminate for cause. And unfortunately, most employers don't want to engage in that lengthy process. They pull the trigger and they say, you know, enough is enough. We're letting you go. Well, guess what that is? 
that's a wrongful dismissal. So what are some examples or things, uh, conduct that an employee could do, even the worst kind, that could be uh, you know, immediate dismissal or ones that would get them on record and eventually kind of boot it out the door? So there are some types of uh, misconduct that on their own would be enough to be caused, no matter what the history is. For example, if you stole from your employer, hey, I don't care, that you can be terminated for cause, even if it only happened once and even if you didn't really mean it. Okay, that's cause. Uh, if you used violence, if you, you know, hit somebody in the workplace unprovoked, that could be cause even though it didn't happen before. Uh, again, sexual harassment, those types of conduct, uh, unacceptable, completely inconsistent with the continuation of the, workplace, uh, the working relationship. So that's cause. That's, that's on one extreme. In most cases, we, we look at conduct that falls far short of this extreme conduct. Maybe someone has attendance problems, let's say. They're late all the time. They're late, yeah. And obviously, that's not a good thing. You shouldn't be late to work. But for that to be cause, you would have had to be late a bunch of times. You would have had to be provided with warnings. You would have had to be maybe even suspended. You, you, it would have had to be brought to your attention in writing that if this conduct continues, you will be let go for cause. And after a while, after the employer builds up that case, then they could potentially let you go for cause. Same thing with respect to performance issues. If you let go for bad performance, again, the employer has to establish that the performance was bad and that there was nothing you could have, uh, that they could have done about it. If your performance is bad because the company as a whole is not doing well, that can never be caused. If you're a salesperson mm-hmm. and your sales are not very good because the company is just not doing well, that's not on you. But if your performance is bad otherwise, uh, you need to be provided with warnings, potentially training and help so you can improve your performance. If still nothing happens, maybe another warning, maybe even a suspension. And then, and only then, should the company consider a termination for cause. If they don't engage in that process, again, that would be premature and that would be a wrongful dismissal. You get two employees, one's been around for a year, maybe two years, the other guy's a 30-year guy. They're both, uh, you know... Guilty of doing the same sort of uh, sort of conduct is length of employment relevant determining cause? Oh, absolutely. Length of employment is a huge factor. Uh, employees that have been around for a long time, you know, deserve some more leeway. They they deserve some more work uh, that, that be done on their behalf to keep them in the workplace. They've obviously established a good record; otherwise, they wouldn't be there for a long time. So, so they are entitled to even more uh, opportunities to improve than a brand new employee that just started and obviously is, is, is engaged in conduct that's unacceptable. So as hard as it always is to terminate for cause, it's that much harder to terminate for cause a long service employee. Right. It's If you're a 30 year employee and you let go for cause, man, unless you stole from the safe, it's probably not gonna be cause. So how many uh, you know quote unquote chances should an employer give an employee? Yeah, and, and that's always the, the key question that employers have is, okay, when is enough enough? You know, how much do we have to have in, in our back pocket? How much of a case do we've had to build before we can let this bad employee for cause? Now, every situation is different depending on the conduct, depending on the length of employment. Uh, we may need more or less things. Usually, to give some general guidance, I'd like to see three things, three disciplinary measures before we can terminate for cause. So maybe that means uh, two warnings and a suspension, maybe even three warnings, some, something like that, some three disciplinary uh, issues or things that the employer can point to before it can consider a termination for cause. In some cases, you may need more. In some cases, you can get away with less. 
But usually that's a good rule of thumb is three things before the employer can consider a termination for cause. We'll uh, get to an email shortly after this break. You want to send us one, Lior at employmenthour.com. The number is one 821 5900 anytime. And more of the Employment Hour coming right up. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. And the Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The email address is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. The phone number for Lior anytime, even when the show is over, one 821 5900 We'll get to, uh, as I promised, an email. This one from Leah says, uh, I'm an office clerk and work for a construction company. I can see this one coming already. Um, Every year I get laid off in the winter and come back in the summer. This year I have not been called back and my employer won't return my calls. What do I do? Yeah, and uh, very common situation. And uh, this obviously is a dismissal. What I mean by that is if the agreement that you have, whether it's through past conduct or a written agreement, doesn't matter, is that I work uh, you know, during the summer, over the winter, I'm laid off, and then I come back the following summer, and, and on and on we go. If the employer then says, well, this year you're not coming back, fine, except guess what? That now is a termination. So if the employer doesn't call you back when it's supposed to, based on the history that you've established, they've just terminated your employment, which means you're owed severance. But I hear a lot of people are saying, well, wait a second. She said construction. She works in the construction industry. And isn't it true that construction people, Mm -hmm. construction employees don't get severance? Well, hopefully by now we have uh, many enough listeners to know that that's not the case. Uh, Construction employees do get severance. In fact, they get the exact same amount of severance as everyone else based on their age, position, and the length of their employment. So in this case, Leah is entitled to severance, no question about it. Uh, And every other employee that lost their job working in the construction field, whether they're in the office or on the tools, guess what? They're owed severance if they lost their job. Uh, And to know how much, they can call me or they can simply go to severancepaycalculator.com. Still based on their years and uh, length of employment, even though it's it's, basically half the year? Absolutely. So if she usually makes uh, $35,000 a year working, whatever it is, nine months of the year, just as an example, then that's how much it's going to be. That's the figure that's going to be used to calculate her severance. It's it's very simple based on her yearly or monthly income. uh, And there's no way to avoid that. The employer can't simply decide one year not to call her back and then not have to pay anything. It doesn't work that way. We were talking about before the break, uh, everything employers and employees ever wanted to know about termination for cause. So what advice you mentioned about, uh, you know, laying down some, uh, well, not punishment, but uh, some other, we'll, we'll call it something else for employees that are getting a little off the hook. So what advice can we give employers with respect to building a case uh, against an employer for cause, an employee? Yeah, well, you, you have to build that case. You have to take the time to build the case against an employee that's termin- that you want to terminate for cause. And there's two reasons for, to do that. Number one is, yes, you, if you do your work properly, you may be able to terminate them for cause down the road. But potentially, if you do your work properly, maybe you turn the problem around and now you have a good employee on your hand. Maybe once you, you start doing some work and you warn the, the employee, maybe they'll get it. Maybe the bad conduct will stop. And now you don't have to let them go at all. So make sure you, you if there's conduct you consider unacceptable conduct that's inconsistent with your policies or expectations, you document that. You warn the employee. You tell them what is expected of them. If there's help needed to get them to the level they need to be and provide that help. And if you do that and if you document that, you're going to be able to at some point, if the employee doesn't improve, to terminate for cause. Now, the other thing to consider is if if what I've just said to you is too much work, uh, you know, I just want this person gone. I don't want to work so hard to, to get them uh, so I can terminate them for cause, well, then that's fine. You can let them go today, 
but you'd have to treat that as a without cause termination mm -hmm. and pay them severance. So you can't have it both ways. You can't let someone go without severance and not have to do work. If you don't want to do the work, you have to terminate without cause and pay severance. Otherwise, you can try to do the work, build your case, uh, and terminate with, uh, with cause and not, not have to pay anything. Look at the flip side of that. I'm an employee, and I got a feeling, I got a feeling they're starting to build a case against me possible for termination in the future. What should I do? Well, just like the employer is, is uh, or should be building its case, if you're an employee and you feel your, your employer is building a case, build your own case. Have the opportunity or have the ability to respond to the allegations against you. Uh, have, know your facts, know your figures, know your data, have that accessible to you. If there's documents that you would want to be able to respond to the allegations, have that handy. Uh, and in case they do want to let you go, you'll be glad that you've done that work and you've built up that case. The other thing you want to do is if there's allegations made against you, you've provi been provided with a warning, uh, etc., and you don't agree with that, you don't agree with what the employer is saying that you've done, well, guess what? You have to tell your employer. You can't just ignore it. You can't just uh, be silent about it. I would want you to, in writing, respond to your employer and tell them, Here's, you know how you told me that I've done this wrong? That didn't happen. Here's what actually did happen. Or it did happen, but here's why. Put your position in writing. If you're just silent about it after you've received a warning or a bad performance uh, review, you're almost considered to have accepted it. You don't want to accept something that's wrong, something that's false. That, that can come back and, and hurt you later. one 821 5900 is Lior's number or Lior at employmenthour.com. So does an employee sometimes still have to pay severance in any case when, there's, uh, when there is some cause? Yeah, a, a very good question. And many people get confused. Even some lawyers get confused on this point because there are instances where even though the employer did all their work, and is able to let someone go for cause that some severance is still owed. Usually it comes down to what we call willful misconduct. So if the employee is let go for cause, but it's not willful misconduct, they're just a very bad employee. Mm -hmm. So bad performance, we've warned them, they, they're not improving, uh, we've uh, provided another warning, maybe a suspension, they're not improving, we're letting them go for cause. Clearly that's cause, we've built up our case. But because that's bad performance, that's not willful misconduct, that employee still gets their minimum severance, not their full severance, their minimum severance, which would be either one or two weeks per year of service, depending on the size of the company. So unless you're letting someone go for cause and it's willful misconduct, so someone uh, you know hit somebody or someone engaged in conduct that's completely willful, you still may have to pay some severance. We'll take a quick break. Still got another uh, segment to go here. We'll get to another email before the end of the show. one 821 5900 is Lior's number anytime. And Lior at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The Employment Hour right here. The number is one 821 5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a, a bunch of emails to close off the show this hour, we'll get to one from Paul. By the way, it is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Paul says, I'm uh, I'm on long-term disability, LTD, but have been recently cut off by the insurance company. Uh, my employer is insisting that I come back to work, but I'm still not well. What can I do? Well, first of all, th th well, there's two issues here. Number one is being cut off by the insurance company. I cannot tell you how common that is when an insurance company... Uh, for an employee that's on a disability leave says, hey, we think you can go back to work. We're going to cut you off. We don't agree that you should stay on the disability leave, that we should keep paying you. Well, that happens all the time, and that's wrong. Insurance companies are not in the business of paying. They're in the business of stopping to pay. 
So if the insurance company cuts you off, your long-term disability insurance company cuts you off, and they shouldn't have cut you off, you don't agree, your doctor is still saying you cannot work, guess what? We can resolve that. Then myself, my, my partner, Sivan Tamarkin, who hosts the Insurance and Injury Law Show, we deal with these matters all the time. So give me a call in that situation, Paul, and I'll be able to help you uh, deal with the insurance company. Uh, and the same with all our listeners. If your, your insurance, your long-term disability insurance company cuts you off, you don't agree with it, your doctor doesn't agree with it, give me a call. We can resolve this quickly. The other issue, though, is if his employer, if Paul's employer says, well, uh, come back to work uh, and, and you, know, you, you have to or else, well, all Paul needs to do is give uh, his employer a letter from his doctor saying he cannot come back to work. Paul is unable to work. Irrespective of what the insurance company says, the company cannot ignore that. The company has to do what the doctor says. So if they still insist, if they make threats, uh, if they let you go, if they say, well, now you've resigned, all of that could be a wrongful dismissal. So what Paul has to do is give a note from his doctor saying he cannot work. And if the employer still gives him pushback, give me a call. I'll be able to get involved and deal with the employer for him. And I know one of the best things about that that whole uh, scenario is, I know Savant's talked about this countless times on the Insurance and Injury Law Show, is that once you guys are involved, the phone calls from the insurance company stop. They have yeah. to go through you guys. And, and, and you know, individuals dread that. They don't want to deal with the insurance company. They don't want to have to answer all these million uh, questions that they have that's very uncomfortable. Once we get involved in that situation, we deal with that. We, we feel the calls. We, we deal with the, the insurance company and get this resolved. And trust me, they're not going to try to consider treating us in the same way they may be treating <laughs> you because uh, we know what we're doing uh, and, and we can push back. Lior at employmenthour.com is the email. David says there are rumors that our plant is closing down soon. We haven't been told anything official. Uh, I find If I find another job and leave, do I get severance? And, you know, interesting question, and I, I have seen this situation before. The, the answer is this to David. If he finds a, a, a job and leaves uh, before he's let go, before the company says, you're out of here, then he does not get mm-hmm. severance. Even if the company the next day was going to let him go and he didn't know that, so he, he, he quit today, he still does not get severance. You only get severance if it's the company telling you, you're out of here. If the company does that and that's why you're no longer working, then then severance has to be paid Full severance has to be paid. If you're the one that initiates it, even if it's a day difference, an hour difference, a minute difference, you don't get severance. So obviously I'll leave that to David as to what he wants to do. If there's a good opportunity for him, maybe he wants to take it. Otherwise, he may uh, wait. Uh, if the company does shut down, he'd get his full severance. I guess it's something, uh, here's here's a perfect scenario for someone to tap into the severancepaycalculator.com. I mean, if this guy's looking at, you know, possibly being let go, but he's looking at 24 months pay as severance. You might want to hang in there, but if it's a few weeks or a couple exactly. months and he's got a golden opportunity, you might want to bail, right? If he's owed 24 months severance, it's, it better be a really darn good job he's taking <laughs> yeah, somewhere right. else. And, and the problem with that is if he leaves today to take that other job, forgoes the 24 months severance, mm-hmm. then the, the other company lets him go a month later Guess what? Yeah. He doesn't get much severance, if anything, because he only worked there for a you month. Got it. He forgo he forwent the twenty four month severance from the previous company. It's a pretty bad situation to be in. So again, you, you got to make your decisions very carefully. Get to one more here before we close for the uh, for the show. George says I was let go for using the work computer for personal reasons. Everyone does this, and no one said anything to me about it before. Is this legal? You know, good question, and I, I'd probably want to have a bit more information. I'd want to know if the, the employer has some policies dealing. 
uh, what work computer use. I would like to know uh, how much time he spent uh, using uh, the work computer for personal reasons. Is it one of those things that, you know, he went on, checked his personal email for a few minutes and went back to work? Or did he spend four hours a day researching uh, travel deals yeah. uh, like you do, John? So... <laughs> As we speak, John is doing that now. So, uh, Coco, sorry, go yeah, ahead. Sorry, yeah. No, <laughs> the, the, the hope I didn't interfere there with you, John. Cuba looks good. Yeah. So, so really, we'd want to know that. But ultimately, if 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 you're doing what everyone else is doing, the employers kind of always uh, turn a blind eye to it and let you do it. They can now decide all of a sudden. Now we care. Right. Okay. On the other hand, if the employer didn't really know what you're doing or what you're doing is excessive and unreasonable, well, again, they may be able to let you go. But even even then, if it's kind of a one-time thing, I would say that even if he did something very wrong, he still would have been uh, entitled to a warning maybe instead of a termination. Doesn't rise to cause, right? Does not. If, yeah. it, if it's an isolated incident, if there's no past discipline, it probably does not rise to the level of cause. So I would certainly urge uh, George to give me a call and, and I can talk to him and find out more and potentially pursue this as a wrongful dismissal. one 821 5900 is the number, George. Severance pay calculator. Severance Pay Calculator. We talked about it. We'll mention it again. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of it. Over 300,000 people, John, have used wow, it. Wow, really? Incredible, yeah. right? In, in, in two years or so. So uh, severancepaycalculator.com. You lost your job. Any of those folks that sent us emails today, if they lost your job, you can go to severancepaycalculator.com. And again, if your neighbor lost your job, your best friend, your, your, your family members, hey, tell them. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. Don't accept anything at any time without doing that. SeverancePayCalculator.com. It's going to tell you how much severance you're owed. You can contact me if you want directly from there. You don't have to if you don't want to. Uh, but I think everyone, no, no exceptions, has the right to know how much they're owed if they lost their job. And TerminationQuestions.com is good too as well, right? Yeah. Ask me questions on TerminationQuestions.com. We've got some emails. Uh, we, we, we get people contacting me all the time. You want to do it anonymously. You don't want to speak to me live terminationquestions.com. Post your question there. I'll answer back to you uh, and, and uh, give you the information that you want. Uh, we're, look at it as an extension of this show. Go now to terminationquestions.com. Wrapping it for another week. In the meantime, you'll want to get a hold of Lior once the show is over, which is a couple seconds from now. one 821 5900 And email is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour once again on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.